Hey friend, you're thirsty and it really matters where you drink from because sin is not wanting too much. It's settling for too little. Hey friend, I want you to imagine for a moment that you are really, really thirsty. Like maybe you've just ran five miles or you've been working all day and you've had no drinks and you were just your parts, like your whole mouth is dry, you've got that sticky feeling in your tongue. Or maybe you're in the middle of the desert and it's been like three days since you had water and you're getting that, like you're seeing Oasis, you're weary, you just need a drink, you're so thirsty, you feel like you're about to die. And then all of a sudden you come up to a stream that is flowing crystal clear spring fed water. And there's like a sign there that says like purified spring water. So you know it's good. Like you know that would be amazing. And then right beside it, there is a toilet bowl. And the toilet bowl looks like it came out of a prison, hasn't been cleaned in like 50 years. And somebody's just used it and there's still toilet paper in the water of the toilet bowl. And so here you go. You have this strong desire. You have to get your thirst quenched. You have these two options, flowing stream of water or a toilet bowl. Which one would you choose? I mean, it's pretty simple, right? Like, we're all going for the stream of water. No one would go to the toilet bowl because that just makes complete sense. Like, no one in their right mind with a strong desire uh, for drink would turn from a stream to drink out of a toilet bowl. And as, as easy as that seems in a physical sense, that is exactly what we do so many times in our spiritual lives in relation to God. And the prophet Jeremiah is going to speak the words of God, and God's going to use a similar analogy with his people. And the point is going to be that you're thirsty, and it really matters where you drink, because it's not sinful to have desire. It's not sinful to want. God actually made us to be wanting people. God made us to have desire, to have longings. That's not a sin. Sin comes from, well, trying to get those longings satisfied from something that's too small and that can't satisfy it because we're made for God but we settle for idols. So we're just going to get into the text. This is Jeremiah chapter 2, and verse 12 says this, Be appalled, O heavens, at this. Be shocked, be utterly desolate, declares the Lord. So remember that imagery of you're, you're thirsty, and there's a stream of water and a toilet bowl? Like That made you a little bit disgusted, even picturing a toilet bowl that's used. Like there, the, the water is yellow, there's toilet paper in it like that that's disgusting right so you would be shocked if somebody picked this toilet bowl well that's what's going to happen so god is calling forth for the heavens to be shocked for the heavens to be appalled at what's going on on earth verse 13 says this for my people have committed two evils they have forsaken me the fountain of living waters 
and have hewn out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. So God gives this imagery of the sin of his people. And there's actually two sins that they're committing. The first one is they're forsaking God. They're turning away from God. And that's sin because they're made for God. The point of their existence is so that they would find their value and being and worth in God. They were made for God. So turning from God is a sin in and of itself. You're supposed to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. That's like the first and most important command. So they are forsaking God. That's evil number one. But evil number two is they are turning to something else. So here we find this evil thing that people are doing. They're turning from God, turning from something else. Now, why are they turning to something else? Well, notice how God describes himself. He says, I am a fountain of living waters. So you've got that imagery of just picture a fountain of living waters. I mean, just... And it's this beautiful stream that's overflowing, it's fresh, it's pure. And remember, you're thirsty. So you're out in that desert, you see this, like this is, you got a desire. Here's God who's saying, I am the satisfaction of your desires. If you're thirsty, hello, I'm a fountain of living waters. Come to me and you will be satisfied. But notice what the people do. He says, you have hewn out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. So he plays on this imagery of a fountain of living water versus a cistern. Now, what exactly is a cistern? Well, um, in Jeremiah's time, they would build these cisterns in the ground, and they were holes in the ground that were designed to capture water so that when it rained, all the rainwater would run into the cistern, and the cistern was um, made where the sand would be hardened so that it would hold, and then you could take a, you know, a bucket or a pot and scoop out water, and then you would have drinking water from the cistern because, hey, you're not getting a lot of water in the desert, right? This is like an arid place, so you have to dig cisterns if you're going to have your thirst um, satisfied. But notice just in this cistern, what's happening? It says, my people, they are hewing out these cisterns. In other words, they're digging them themselves. So the first thing we see, this difference between a fountain of living water and a hewned out cistern is that the cistern requires work. The cistern requires the people to build it and maintain it themselves. So again, these people, they're thirsty. What do they need? They need water. So how do they get water? Well, they get their shovels and they dig a hole in the ground, hoping that it's going to rain soon and that somehow they'll catch some rainwater so that they can have those desires satisfied. And again, it's, it's almost hilarious because... Well, what's at their disposal? A fountain of living water. But instead of going to that, they are turning to a cistern they built themselves. But not only did they build it, it's also broken. So they're building it. That requires a lot of work. That's a self-work project. But it's also broken. So it says they've hewn out cisterns themselves, broken cisterns. And here's the problem. They can't hold water. So these 
these things that they're digging, these holes in the ground, the problem is they're actually cracked so that when water does go into these cisterns, they easily flow through. So the object is we're thirsty. We need water. Let's dig out these holes in the ground so that we can have water so that we can drink and be satisfied. And they're waiting on this water to come. But as soon as it comes, it goes. It doesn't These cisterns can't hold the thing they're looking for. So not only are they building them, not only are they working towards them, but the things they're building don't actually work. They can't hold the thing they're trying to hold, which is satisfaction, which is water, the the quenching of their thirst. So let's, let's walk back at the metaphor and think about what God is saying. He's saying, my people have committed two evils. They're turning from me and they're turning to something else. And he describes it like water. So so he's trying to get at this human desire we have, which is thirst. He's playing on that idea of thirst and he's saying, hey, you're thirsty. And instead of coming to me, the thirst quencher, fountain of living water, you're turning to something else, which can't hold water, which means you can't get your thirst quenched. So let's just think about this for a moment, what God is not saying. God is not saying it's evil for my people to have desires because desire is the implicit action of these people. They have desire. They have thirst. And of course, that's playing on a spiritual level. They they have thirst. They want to be happy. They want to be fulfilled. They want to have a meaningful life. Like all these things will be implied in Hey, they're human beings and human beings have desires. They have wants and all of these wants are pointed to, I need something that will satisfy me. And God is saying, Hey people, I'm a fountain of living water. I can satisfy every longing of your soul. And these people are saying, "Mm, no, we're going to turn and we're going to dig and we're going to try to figure this out for ourselves because we're really thirsty and we just want to be satisfied and we're not going to get it from you. We're going to get it from something else. See, the reality is that these people, they're made for God, but they're turning to lesser gods for what only God can give them. And that is also true of us. We are made for God, but often we turn to lesser gods. We turn to things to try to give us what only God can. You probably heard the news that Elon Musk is offering to buy Twitter. It's probably going to go through. So I've kind of been fascinated with just Elon Musk and his whole story. And so I've been reading a book, um, uh, just by Ashley Vance about Elon Musk and just all the things he's built. And he has a fascinating Story. I mean, you're talking about a genius who just works hard and builds things. The stuff that that guy has accomplished is crazy from PayPal to Tesla to SpaceX and on. I mean, it's just insane what this guy can do. So I'm listening to an interview of Elon Musk and and the guy is interviewing him back and forth about just life and different things. And he gets to the question of, okay, why? Like, why are you trying to go to Mars? Because 
what Elon Musk wants to do through SpaceX, he wants to colonize Mars. He wants to make us an interplanetarian species. So he wants us to go to different planets. He wants us to go among the stars, kind of like Star Wars. Like that's his vision for humanity. And, you know, the first kind of thing is, well, I want us to survive if something bad happens, a meteor hits the earth. I want us to be able to survive on another planet. But then the interviewer really dug into why exactly are you wanting to do this? And it was fascinating what Elon Musk said. He says, I'm trying to find the meaning of life. He says, I want to know where we came from. I want to know where we're going and why we're here. And he says, I think the answer is in the universe. What we have to do is figure out the right questions to ask. And if we can ask the right questions of the universe, then we might just figure out the meaning of life. And it just, it, it took me back because I'm looking at a guy that's spinning all of his wheels and a lot of other people's wheels and a lot of money to try to get to Mars, which you think is just about Mars. But really what he wants is he wants to know what life is really about. In other words, Elon Musk has a thirst that needs quenching. He wants to find out what life is about. And the problem is Mars is a broken cistern. If he gets to Mars and a colony gets to Mars, guess what? Mars is not going to answer the question, what is the meaning of life? Because that is only found in the one who created life, who is God. So here you have a guy that's spending his whole life and all of his fortune and making all these great things just to try to figure out what's life about. He has a desire. He wants, he's thirsty and he wants to, well, get that thirst quenched. And it's through the stars, through exploring the universe. Somehow we'll ask the right questions that will give us the answers that will satisfy us. And here God is saying, it's not going to work. Because you're looking to satisfy your thirst in a cistern that is broken. And you're digging it. It's hard. It's a lot of work, a lot of upkeep, a lot of money. But at the end of the day, it's broken. There is no meaning of life in the universe. The universe can't give you meaning of life. It's the one who created the universe who gives us the meaning of life. And it's not just Elon. It's all of us. We have desires. We have longings. We have passions and Often, instead of turning to God to get those passions and desires satisfied, we turn to something else. And so here's what I want you to see. God is not afraid of your desires. He doesn't want you to be afraid of your desires. What what he wants is for you not to settle for something too little. He wants you to take those desires and to lead them to something big, to lead them to God. That's what he wants. Matthew 20, 20. uh, It says this, then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came up to him with her sons and before him, she asked him for something. Verse 21. And he said to her, what do you want? Now that's an intriguing question. So this mom comes up to Jesus. She has some sons. Uh, it's it's it, the sons of the disciples, some of the disciples, and she's coming up to Jesus. She wants him to give him something. And Jesus insightfully asked her a question. Hey, what do you want? I think it's James K. Smith. Could be wrong about this, but I think in his book, Desiring the Kingdom, he says this is one of the most important questions 
that we see in the New Testament? This is one of the most important questions. And Jesus actually asked this question over and over again to people. What do you want? What do you want me to do? What do you want? What do you want? What's he trying to get to? What is your desire? What is your deepest longing? What are you after? What do you want? And of course, her response is, I want my boys to like have a good place in the kingdom. And what Jesus is trying to get her to see is, hey, you have a want, you have a desire, and it's too small. It's too little. The success of your boys is not going to satisfy you for eternity. No, when I'm asking you, what do you want? I want you to see that your wants are too little and you need to want something bigger. You need to want me. That Jesus himself who says, I am living water. Whoever comes to me will never thirst. Jesus is saying, hey, I am the God who is living water, just like Jeremiah proclaimed. And people have wants, they have desires, but often they want too little. They want Jesus to do something for them. They want Jesus to give them something. They want Jesus to bless their life. They want Jesus to make them just a little bit better. And Jesus said, hey, those are all broken cisterns. They're not going to work because you will be thirsty again What you need is to want the right thing, and the right thing is me. That your desire for, well, everything is ultimately a desire for me. So just think about this metaphor. Hey, you're thirsty. You're out in the desert. There's a stream of water or there's a toilet bowl. Which will you choose? That's what God is saying. Hey, the the toilet bowl, it's, yeah, it's wet and but it's, yeah, it's disgusting and it's not going to satisfy. It's going to lead you worse off when you try to find meaning and happiness and purpose in those ultimate things out of something that is not ultimate. It will ultimately let you down like a hundred percent of the time. What you need is to take your desires, your spiritual desires and let them lead you to God, who is a fountain of living waters. And guess what? You can't get enough of fountain of living water. It's going to satisfy you because God God is the one who can truly satisfy the desires of your heart. See, we're all in a way like Elon trying to figure out, you know, if I just build the right thing, buy the right thing, prove the right thing, then I'm going to be satisfied. But at the end of the day, we're still wanting, we're still left with, there has to be something more. There has to be these longings and desires. I've got to just find the right thing and God is saying you're not going to find them on any cistern that you build for yourself. You find them through turning around because I'm a fountain of living water. I made you to want me. So those wants and desires, don't settle for something little. Settle for something big. Settle for God because only God will satisfy you. So I want you to think as you're, maybe you're driving, maybe you're jogging, maybe you're doing the laundry. I don't know what you're doing right now, but I want you to think about what are some broken cisterns that I am turning to right now that I need to instead run to God for. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe you have a boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, and you're thinking, okay, they are going to ultimately satisfy my soul. I promise you that they're going to let you down. Like they just will. And guess what? You'll let them down. 100%. That's going to happen. 
You can't have your sense of happiness and worth coming from another human being. It has to come from God. Maybe it's a career. You're thinking, if I can just get the right education and the right job and solve the right problem, make the right amount of money, if I can have the right vacation, if I can do all these things, then I will be happy. But it's broken cisterns. So what for you is that thing you're turning to that if you get it, you'll be ultimately happy? Well, if it's anything other than God, it is a broken cistern. It's going to be a lot of work. It's going to take you a long time. And at the end of the day, it's not going to hold water. It's not going to satisfy your thirst. The only thing that can quench the desires of your soul and your heart are God. God is the one who is a fountain of living water, who when you come to him, you will truly be satisfied. And hey, part of the way that you get satisfied in God is by loving his word. And that's kind of what this whole thing's about, about loving your Bible. Because when you love your Bible, you love God, serve people, and live a life that matters. Hey, I hope you've had fun on this Thursday, the Love Your Bible podcast. Hey, huge thanks to people who comment on the podcast, who give it a five-star rating, and then put a little comment. Um, I got a, a new comment this month, and it was just awesome like to read that, to get feedback. So if you haven't rated or made a comment on the show, please do so, because it means the world to me. And uh, if you would share this with a friend, and maybe text them the link to this, and say, hey, um, listen to this podcast, because it's helping me love my Bible, and that's what we want. More people loving their Bibles, so that we'll go to the fountain of living water, rather than the cisterns of this world. So yeah, go uh, subscribe, rate, share, all those good things, and I will see you next Thursday.